0: This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Uh, I'm Tyler, and this is Robbie. Hi, I'm Robbie. (laughs) And we're here to talk about some very interesting topics today. We're going to be talking about uh, just parenting and how— Christian parents should be influencing their kids and preparing them for the culture and training them up young in apologetics training. But first off, we wanted to start off with some more coffee tips, stuff that I didn't even know before today. And uh, Mr. Robbie Lashua here has some really cool facts that he would like to share with everybody. So what's the details about these coffee beans you were telling me? Well,
0: um... When I, when I was uh, in college, I worked at a coffee shop, and they had, a, they had a quiz on this stuff that we had to answer. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And so basically, there's two different types of coffee beans in production that, that people drink around the world. There's the Arabica coffee bean, yeah. coffee plant, and then there's the Robusta coffee plant. Um, and these two different uh, beans, they're way different from each other. So basically, the Arabica is really good, and that's what you want. And the Robusta is not great. <laughs> and that's that's the big idea. Okay, but that's a good. The reasoning for that is kind of interesting. Um, so the Arabica plants uh, are more expensive than the Robusta. They're, they're, it's a more expensive coffee bean to produce because... Um, They're harder to grow. You can only grow them at an elevation between 2,000 and 6,500 feet. Yeah, wow. Uh, Yeah, so it's a real rare area. It has to be in a subtropic climate. They need good moisture. They need good soil. They have to have the right amount of sun and the right amount of shade. They're like uh, the Goldilocks. Yeah, they're extremely (laughs) high maintenance. They're the high-maintenance coffee plant. Um, But their coffee beans taste so good. And, and the reason for that is the Arabica coffee beans have twice as much natural sugar in them as the Robusta. So they just – when when they're roasted in the oils, they just – they taste way better to us. More fruity, um, whereas the Robusta coffee beans, they kind of just taste burnt uh, naturally. They just are kind of black and and, and um, they're, they're difficult uh, to, to drink. Just a dark, um, oh, uh, really earthy, yeah. oatmeal-like – uh, taste. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, very, very bitter. Um, but the Arabica have a really nice taste. Um, but like I said, they're the high maintenance ones that are hard to grow. So you got the Arabica plant. That's the high maintenance one. But the Robusta plant is super easy to grow. You can grow them at sea level. Um, in addition to being easy to grow, they, they have twice as much caffeine in them as the Arabica does. And w- what that means is that um, they, it's a natural insect repellent, so bugs don't don't eat them. <laughs> so it's a lot easier <laughs> then. because they'll kill it'll kill them. Yeah, so it's a lot easier to protect the robusta beans because they naturally do it, whereas the arabica beans. Uh, are susceptible to bugs and the robusta beans too the, the robusta plant it's just it's more robust right it's a stronger <laughs> plant and so it's not susceptible to the sunshade things not as big of a deal you can just plow a piece of land plant them and they will grow because it's a strong plant and it yields way more coffee beans than the arabica does so so for you know an acre of, of land you're going to get a lot more robusta beans produced mm-hmm. than on an acre of arabica
1: so it makes sense why some people would pick, to, pick Robusta sometimes over the other Yeah, Vatican, but the
0: Robusta beans are, are way cheaper. So they're yeah. like 40% cheaper because they're way easier to grow.
1: Yeah, but they don't taste as good though. That's the problem. T- yeah,
0: that's exactly the problem. So um, they have found a, a use for for Robusta. So like instant coffee is typically going to be Robusta. And oh, I guess okay. the idea is if you're drinking instant coffee, you really don't care how it tastes. Mm-hmm.
1: So <laughs> it's like is like. Anything I put in my Keurig, um, those are usually the same?
0: Now, uh, I don't know. There might be some that are robust, but most of those will be Arabica. So I was reading it, like 70% of the world's uh, coffee production is Arabica, even though it's more difficult. That makes sense, because everybody likes it better. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it just tastes better. Um, and so, But the 30% that's robust, you know, you're going to get it in some instant coffees. Um, however, in Italy, uh, they've started using it for espresso roasts because people like yeah. a really uh, bitter espresso taste. You know, they want it to taste like a dark roast kind of thing. And so they'll they'll mix in, they'll blend the robusta seed, or the robusta beans with an arabica bean, because uh, in addition to the, the darker, uh, richer, uh, bitter taste, yeah. uh, the robusta beans. They, they found add a better level of crema to the espresso. That's cool. Yeah, but they mix in the arabica beans so you get that better taste. And So, so they're
1: still good for something.
0: They are good for something, yeah. <laughs> and, and they're higher in caffeine content. So when you're only drinking a little espresso, they want it to have a real kick. So in Italy... Uh, that's one of the the ways they found to use it pretty well, too. So are there places that actually would brag that they use Robusta, you think, because no. it has more caffeine? No, no one would brag they use Robusta. I've never <laughs> seen that 100% Robusta. You know. uh, but you will see 100% Arabica. That right? makes sense. And now people will trick you sometimes. Like if you're at the store and you see made with Arabica beans, that doesn't mean 100% Arabica beans. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just it, saying, we have some in there. So if you want just Arabica, you, it needs to say 100% Arabica coffee. Uh, so okay. That's kind of the idea of that. But yeah, just uh, interesting tip on, on a little bit of coffee. But,
1: yeah, um, that's cool.
0: Let's move forward and let's talk about the subject for today, which is uh, the importance of good parents. Yeah. How, are, how are we good parents? What do we do for our kids, uh, especially in a culture that's becoming more and more post-Christian? A couple of uh, verses that I think are important – uh, the first comes from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, uh, which it says Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as signs on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Uh, and I think that verse is just, again, that was to Israel, right? Moses yeah, wrote this to, it was. The, to the Israelites. But I think the principle uh, still applies to us today that we want to be Teaching our kids about what God said.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, When you look at passages like this in the Old Testament, you got to remember that like there's a lot of them that still apply to us today. It's just Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people will point out things that don't apply to us, but this is one thing that's it's a commandment actually Mm -hmm. that uh, it's being spoken as in this passage. It's a commandment to for us today that still applies so
0: yeah it's definitely we can apply it to us it, it i don't know if it's written specifically to me because it says here oh israel well yeah yeah but not Israel, not
1: specifically but the yeah. application is still the same
0: the application is the same yeah. yeah god's people should teach their kids about what god says
1: yeah I I, I
0: I completely agree um and again we see this taught in the new testament on um, mm-hmm. being a good parent right uh, one of the things that that I think about a lot is is the verse Ephesians six four, which says, "Fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord." Mm-hmm. That's that's totally reinforcing what Deuteronomy six four through nine says, right? Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so, how as parents um, can we be intentional about that? It doesn't just happen through osmosis, right?
1: Oh, of like, course you've not. You've got to plan yeah. on
0: how do I train. Up our kids yeah, and we were, to know the Lord
1: exactly. We were just talking about earlier too how uh, it's it's kind of sad because I think uh, a lot of times um, in culture today, parents end up having their kids be taught by the school, public school system, or uh, by teachers from or coaches and sports activities. Like those are the people who are doing the parenting. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, uh, there's a different way to go about that. You need to be uh, individually teaching your kids at least something with us to
0: I agree. I think that our our culture here in America it's kind of weird if you think about it because yes. we've compartmentalized our life to where, you know, I've got my spiritual life, I've got my academic life, I've got my sports life, I've got my leisure life, yeah. I've got my hobby, you know. It, it's it's um it's like we bought into this idea that we'll let the professionals deal with it. Mm, and yeah. so the professionals, when it comes to my kids, are their teachers at school. They take care of their education. I mean, a lot of times they take care of their sex education.
1: They do. That's, right? that's, that's usually the case with almost
0: yeah. every kid. And then that's I farm right. out my spiritual part of my child's life to the youth pastor. Yeah, that's right. right. Or, or to their Christian club at school. Or And so I think it's, it's really easy to say, well, I'm going to let the professionals who, whose job it is – take care of that aspect of my kids' development, the coach, you know, teaching yeah. them, sportsmanship, when no, uh, it's the parent's responsibility to raise up their ch- their child in the way sh- they should go, with spiritual training, with character training, with everything. It's, it is, yeah. It, that is how God's designed it. It's the parent's responsibility. and Not that we can't have help, but that's the responsibility of the parent to be the parent. And I think that that's an important thing that, that people need to uh, remember today. I think that in our culture, too, there's a lot of issues that have um, kind of derailed the family unit as being a place that develops healthy Mm, children. There are, there are. Yeah, you think about like, um, you know, I, I wasn't around, but in the 60s and 70s, just the free love movement with all the hippie movement, with yeah, oh, sex yes. is just yeah. about pleasure. And it got detached from, no, it's, it, it also has this aspect of where it makes babies. It is, <laughs> it does. And
1: I mean, that's a good example. I even, I know multiple people even who I work with mm-hmm. and who I have worked with in the past who uh, they, end up, they end up living with their girlfriend and then they have, they have kids and they have like a family and they've been together for years, okay. but then they don't get married. Wow. And like that's just bizarre to me and then I I literally sat there asking one of my friends this I was like why is that why do people not get choose to get married and like even though they have a family and they have kids so I was like there's tax benefits
0: yeah like, like come on like yeah, the government's trying to incentivize us yeah it that. is yeah. and so
1: and so uh, the response to me I realized they were right about it and I, I but it never occurred to me they said well when you don't have marriage there's no commitment Mm-hmm. You can walk out at any time. You don't need divorce attorneys, you don't need anything. You can just have sex and start a family with them, mm-hmm. but at any point where you feel like you want to bail, you can and there's no obligation.
0: Yeah. And th- and that what does that teach your kids?
1: Teaches them not to be responsible. <laughs> Teaches yeah. them that marriage is meaningless basically and
0: that I don't really love your mom or your dad. Yeah. Enough what, what, to commit to them and say, no matter what happens or no matter how I feel about this, it does, it, I'm going to
1: stick with it's it. It's a
0: huge lack of love is what it is, yeah. Yeah, because love's not a feeling. No. Right? Love is a choice, right? God chose to love us. He yeah, chose to come here and die for us. He chose to offer us eternal life. Uh, if, if his love towards me was dependent on how I made him feel about me— <laughs> Man, I would be in a bad place. <laughs> yeah, because
1: that's the thing. Uh, I mean, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful among all things and all members. So feelings in general can't determine love. No. They can't because it, it's, it's going to change. There are going to be days where you hate the people that you love, mm-hmm. but that's because that's not love.
0: And people are going to let you down. Yeah, I mean, of course people it, are going to let even, you down. It, even the people... The people that love you are going to let you know. They will. They will. And so if you're just going to say, you know, the, the popular Hollywood thing is, oh, I fell out of love with them. I don't think <laughs> you – the whole idea of falling in love, it's like it's an accident. Yeah. Like, oh, I tripped and I fell into love. Like, I didn't even see Isn't it there a song about that?
1: Accidentally in love. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right.
0: yeah. From Shrek. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. It's just it, – it is this a funny idea where it's like – even even from a perspective, when you're talking to a, a girl you like, girlfriend, fiance, whatever, mm-hmm. to say, "Oh man, I fell in love with you." Like I actually, whoops, how'd that happen? Whoops, yeah, I slipped into <laughs> it. Or you can say, "I know what I'm getting into. I really like you, and I'm picking you, not on accident. I'm choosing purposely to be with you." Isn't that better? It's way better. The commitment yeah. aspect of, of love is so important. And I think you're right. A lot of people just don't want to make it because they want to, you know, keep their options open or not be tied down. It's selfishness.
1: Really, I mean, and when it comes down to it with those cases of people who don't want the commitment, really it's about sex. That's really mm-hmm. what it comes to. Yep. It's like
0: yeah. Yep. And I think it comes back to that idea of we can devoid sex from child making. You know and, yes and, and so I think that, that that is an issue is I, I want all the, the, the enjoyment of this cool gift that God's given to human beings, but I don't want to be tied down to the thing He wants me to be tied down to it in is. order to have this gift. It's so, so they're separating what God intended marriage to be about.
1: That's interesting, that's true. yeah, yeah.
0: I, I also think another cultural um, uh, thing that we've inherited, a problem in our culture that, that we've inherited is no fault divorce
1: yeah that's been a problem
0: that yeah and and i i like a lot of what ronald reagan did you know way back when i was a little kid <laughs> but from reading stuff on on him legalizing no fault divorce man that had just been a horrible thing for our country because now people they don't need a a, a legitimate reason to get divorced it can just be you know irreconcilable differences and mm-hmm. we just don't want to anymore and there's a whole, you know, on this side of it, there's this whole generation of kids who've grown up without one of their parents. And not that you can't function in society and not that you can't be a, a good of human. Of course, being. yeah. Come but... on. But it is it is better to grow up with your parents. It is, yeah. Generally, right? Um, and so just, I don't know, robbing kids of, of the ability to be raised by both their parents I think has been damaging. Uh, and then we get into, you know, a lot of other issues with sex being the thing that everyone's chasing after with the current homosexual movement, right, mm-hmm. and transgenderism, all of these things uh, where um, the, the byproduct of sex, which is kids, are getting left by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been very damaging. So how do we raise, how do we help encourage people to raise kids that can handle culture, that can navigate it well, mm-hmm. um, and that can love the Lord? Uh, even in the situation we find ourselves in today? Like what things have helped you grow up to love the Lord? What were things your parents did, Tyler, that that helped you be uh, equipped to go out and to to love people well, but also to to be strong in the faith?
1: Yeah, well, one thing is uh, I was homeschooled. And so my mom, uh, like she integrated – Bible school, like as a a class for me, basically. Uh, Not even while I was younger. Like that was one of my classes in high school. It was Bible study, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that uh, she especially really implemented with me with that is that any time that anything would come up culturally, she would that that was probably from a more negative sinful aspect. She would point that out for me and say, "Hey, remember." Remember this, or, or like she like refer back to something I learned in school, or we would go back and she would make she would make the topic of what we were studying in in school uh, similar to what we had to the current event to the current event time. basically yeah, right. so that, that's that's basically what happened, and so uh
0: so she's teach so okay, let's take a step back from that,
1: yeah she's teaching you
0: how to evaluate culture from a christian perspective
1: she is yeah that's what that's what was happening
0: man that's great, yeah,
1: it's fantastic, and like uh I mean. Like, like, I'm trying to think of a very specific example, one that I could give. Because, um, like, uh, it happened with multiple different occasions. Like, uh, one thing that she did it a lot with was looking at history. That was a big thing about it, is uh, comparing Scripture to how events took place in history and how we as a culture should respond to that, basically. That was the whole idea in the curriculum we studied. And so, like, just little stuff like that, mm-hmm. Um it really had an impact on me when I was younger. And then another thing is uh, um, with movies because growing up, I loved movies. Uh-huh. I was always super psyched to watch any movie I could get my hands on basically. And I still am similar to that today. <laughs> and so uh, um, back then, like my mom was really, uh, I wouldn't say strict, but she was she was careful of what I was watching because, mm-hmm. and whenever I would watch a movie that had something bad in it or uh, something that was probably not, good influence on my life she would point that out or she would just have me not watch it entirely because the whole idea was she didn't want the culture to indoctrinate me it was she wanted to make sure that came from a biblical basis a biblical foundation and so uh that's one way that my parents especially like helped me out with was like my mom especially through school and uh that was probably the biggest thing that helped me throughout my growth in that so I mean and you don't have to homeschool your kids to do that is the thing no
0: yeah and you don't that's one thing when I used to be a youth pastor parents would ask me a lot you know Robbie what do you think should I homeschool my kids should I charter school Christian school public school and I'd always say you know you need to make the best decision for where your family's at and what you think God's leading you to do yeah but the most important thing is that you parent your kids. <laughs> yeah. you, you can homeschool your kids, and, and that can do nothing for them. You can send them to charter school or to Christian school or to public school, and that doesn't mean anything. It, it, it's how you parent your kids wherever they're at and whatever they're doing and whatever their education is. You're not letting someone else do it. Because I mean, yeah, even, even homeschoolers can let the curriculum parent their kids.
1: That, no, that's very true. Right? I, I know families that ended up doing that. Yeah, as I grew and up, and that's so. not healthy.
0: Parents are responsible to yeah. parent their kids. So that's what I would always think. Yeah, it's not a homeschool, charter school, Christian school, public school. Uh, what's better or worse? None of them are better or worse. It's it's individual, and you got to figure out what's best for you. It family. is, of course. But you got to parent your kid. That's why God doesn't tell us which type of school to send our kid to but he says, parent your kids teach them what you're supposed to teach them. And I do, I love that Deuteronomy passage because it says, whatever you're doing, you know, you're walking down the road, you're sitting at home, write it on your hands, right? Hang it on the the walls, hang it on the doors. I mean, things like that, um, we don't have to take literally, but we can. You can put Bible verses up. You can get a chalkboard and write Bible verses and have yeah. them hung in your house so that the kids are reading them and thinking about them, and you're talking to them about what does that mean. I mean, those types of things really do help. Yeah, and then uh, that's
1: another fun thing to do too. Like uh, one thing I like doing is I like I love watching movies and then afterwards comparing the biblical aspect of it and mm-hmm. like how it applies in culture. Yes, and I think you know it would be a really fun activity. I think for parents uh, as like a a tool that everybody could use is uh, if you have a kid that likes movies or likes a video game or likes stories in general, show them something secular Mm -hmm. and then throughout the movie or even at the very end, sit down and talk to them about it and say, hey, what did they do in this movie that goes against what scripture says? Or what did they do in this movie that look like Jesus basically yeah. like uh, like and when you do that i think it's even at a young age too it doesn't even have to be movies it could be anything and if you yeah, music video games yeah whatever. yeah and if you find like something that a kid that your kid likes and you take that and you break it down from a biblical aspect like right now i mean heck uh for example a big thing that's trending right now is that video game Fortnite like yeah. uh, all like uh, tons of kids play it so like you could take even that and talk with your kids about it and say oh like i mean this is just one example that you, you could come up with and uh, you could break down the aspects of what you do in the game yeah and then say hey is uh is war bad is killing people bad all the time like you know like uh, balance them find something that's moral out of it that you can take and you can teach your kids about scripture with it and i think it would resonate with them a lot more i think so too
0: and and that gets back to this bigger principle that I think as Christians we need to we need to use more with our kids and mm-hmm. it's <clears throat> it's the idea of do we try to quarantine our kids from the culture do we try to shelter them and hide them from all the bad and not let them watch anything that's you know not rated G yeah not let them that's... listen to anything that has you know um, so, so, And that's a tactic I saw growing up I saw a lot of Christian parents take Like, I'm just going to shelter my kid from the bad
1: I have seen that So too. the bad
0: won't get to them The quarantine method mm-hmm. um, Or should we be using the inoculation method Where, like what you're saying yeah. I'm going to uh, go to a movie with my 13 year old And we're going to watch you know, whatever it is Avengers Infinity War Or whatever movie's out mm-hmm. that they want to see But well, we're going to talk about it yeah. And we're gonna say, look, what 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 are the redeeming qualities of this movie? Was there heroism? Was there was their grace shown? Was there forgiveness? Was there courage? And we could talk about that. But we also need to talk about and then what lies <laughs> were they trying yeah, to put on That's good, this, you know? That's good. One of the things I did with my kids, and my kids are little, but man, they wanted to go see that Coco movie. You yeah. Know, Disney that's Pixar right. Coco. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was all about the land of the, the dead, right? The day of the dead. and, and Yeah, and the Mexican spiritual realm. Yeah. yeah. And so for a long time, man, I was going back and forth on should I let them see it? Is this one of them we shouldn't let them see? And I know parents who decided not to let their kids see it and that's okay. Of course it is, yeah. Um, but, you know, I prayed about it and thought about it. And I said, I just want to start with them uh, them seeing how we can talk about movies even if we disagree with things, we can enjoy certain things, but we, we talk about it to, to inoculate them. And so before yeah. we went, I said, hey, guys, there's going to be some stuff in this movie that's just not true. And my daughter, Greta, she said, oh, I know, Dad. And I was like, no, you don't know. Um, I'm not just saying cartoons aren't real. They're trying to push this idea on you. Mm. That doesn't line up with what the Bible says. That's really cool. Yeah, and but then so we watched it, and then afterward we went out. Uh, I think the next day for donuts, and I was talking to both of them about it, saying, "Hey, and you know, again, they're small, but yeah. what what, um, what things in that movie aren't true? Mm. Oh, well, there's not when you when you die, you don't go to this place and you're a skeleton person. And well, where do you go when you die? Well, you go to be with Jesus. You know? that's yes, cool. that's right. And we, yeah. can, we can navigate and help them think through these things, even when they're little. Um, but I think that's, that's a great tip for parents to, to help them. And from, from what I've experienced and what I've seen happen to a lot of kids is if you, if you go with the quarantine view where you just shelter them, then when they turn 18 or, or 16 or whatever and they, they get out of the house or they're more influenced by the world, they just go crazy Because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to evaluate things.
1: I've seen plenty of examples of that. Yeah. I
0: think the inoculation method is better. I want them to be able to ask me questions about stuff they're experiencing. Versus never talk about it and then they get out there and they don't know how to manage the stuff. They don't know how to evaluate it. Yeah, and then then other people teach them. It's
1: not coming from their parents at that point. Exactly. I'd way
0: rather me be able to help them when they're going through questioning things than to be gone.
1: Oh yeah, of course. And have, you know...
0: As much as they, you know, as cool as they could be, I'd rather it be me telling them about this stuff than their, you know, 18-year-old freshman <laughs> roommate at college. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so a couple of other things too. We got some practical tips um, to share just with training your kids. One of the things I think that's important for us is, is not just to be uh, necessarily on the kids, telling them here's how you think, here's what you do. That's important. But they need to see us living out Christianity.
1: One yeah. of the reasons a
0: lot of kids walk away from the faith when they get into college is because they didn't think their parents were really that serious about it. Um,
1: that's true. That's
0: what Barn has shown. Statistics have shown that. And so um, one of the things I think that, that people need to do is read your Bible and let your kids see you read your Bible. That's I know that sense. sounds so simple, right? <laughs> but if your kids grow up seeing you spending time in the Word, they're going to they're gonna think, man, that's an important thing to do. My dad or my mom, you know, they sat in that chair every morning or every night or every afternoon or when we, when we were eating lunch or whatever, and they took time to read the Bible because it was important to them. Yeah. Um, and one, one caveat to that, um, read a real Bible. Read, read a book Bible. Don't read the app on your phone
1: because mm-hmm.
0: your kids don't know you're reading the Bible. Yeah, you could app be, you could be pulling up your phone for anything. Exactly. You so, can look at yeah. directions or recipes or Facebook or whatever.
1: Yeah, and the idea is to get them seeing it to get that indoctrinated. Hey, this is important to set aside time.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I know with little kids it's hard because you know they're, they're demanding and they need you all the time. So of course. To, yeah. to read the Bible while they're around, it's not the best. You kind of want them to be in bed or to get up before them so you can really <laughs> spend some time in it. But they do need to see you reading it. I think that's that's a really important thing. Uh, and I think too, prayer. Right? I'm sure Tyler, your parents prayed for you. Oh up. yeah. I'm sure they still pray for you. Yeah. Oh, we sure. we've got to pray for our kids and we've got to pray with our kids. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Growing up, I remember my dad, he'd pray with us at night before we went to bed. And that's one of the things that Kelly and I've done with our kids is we pray with them at night before bed. You know, we have them pray uh, at meals, you know. They're they're little, but mm-hmm. just just praying together as a family. I think is very important. Um and I tell my kids too. You know, I pray for you. And I pray for your future spouse, and I pray, uh, and and they just go, "Oh, we know, Dad." <laughs> but I want them to get sick of hearing it, That's so that good, they know yeah. that, that I'm doing it. So reading your Bible and let your kids see it, praying with and for your kids, and then like you were saying earlier, God's a part of every conversation. God's a part of Infinity War, right? God, God's a part of Fortnite. God's a part of of whatever music your kids are listening to. You got to bring that yeah. in. Well, what message are these people saying? What's good about it? What's bad about it? Can you enjoy the music without yeah. having to accept the message?
1: Yeah, and the reason why that is is because all of these things they live in God's reality. Yep. Everything connects back to Him. Like, there's always something that you like. Like every, there's something that you can find in that either yeah. negative or positive that you can tell. Hey, this directly affiliate is affiliated with Scripture. There's mm-hmm. context that can be taken out of this. Always. Yeah. Always.
0: And and that's the idea of of taking every thought captive, right? We're helping our kids yeah, understand. Yeah, that's that. a great like,
1: that's a great example that you brought up of scripture.
0: Yeah, we're take every Take Every thought captive to Christ. So I think that that's a really important thing for all of us to do. When we're watching a movie, we gotta go, wait a second. Of course it is. That's not right. Like <laughs>
1: Um I remember you even told me uh um what was that that story you told me of the Dustin Hoffman movie where uh they got
0: Oh yeah, the um oh, Kramer versus Kramer. It's this old movie. Yeah, yeah. And it was a it, it was about divorce. And the way they made the movie, they, they push you to a point of thinking, of course they have to get divorced. There's no other way out of this. The yeah, divorce is the yeah. right thing to do. And you go, wait a second. That's not right. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but, but they th- convince you of they that. Can, yeah.
0: yeah, because they're pushing a the message. And So we've got to always be on guard and be careful and take thoughts captive to what Scripture says, the biblical uh, worldview. I also think it's good to read uh, Bible stories with our kids because if if we think about how much media even little kids are getting, you know, through the Disney Channel or through you know whatever other PBS shows they're watching, they're getting stuff told to them through messages. And and as parents, we got to be careful and age appropriate levels of of stuff. We've got of course we got to watch out for that. Um, But we also need to be intentionally filling their mind with truth. Um, you know, get a, get a kid's Bible story book and read a Bible story at night to them. Read a Bible story to them during the day, you know. Say, no, we're not going to watch uh, Doc McStuffins or, <laughs> or, or, or Daniel Tiger or whatever. And say, we're going to read Scripture. You know, as they get bigger, too, get a Bible study book to study with them. You were talking earlier about um, a really great resource on apologetics that's Cold Case Christianity for Kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they have the adult book of it, but then uh, the author Jay Warner Wallace he made one that's a kids book. It's for like little kids too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's for it's for like elementary school, and and it's they'll, they'll really like it because it takes them through kind of like here's how a detective would figure out a case, and then they apply it to the resurrection. Of Jesus. Yeah. Really cool book to read through with your kids. Um, and there's even actually an online uh, interactive element to it. You can go Oh, I didn't and know stuff. about that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But Cold Case Christianity for Kids by J. Warner Wallace is a great resource to go through uh, as your kids get a little bit older. Another thing, though, I, I think is a must, is memorizing Scripture with your kids. Oh, of course, yeah. If you can get Scripture into their minds. Little kids are like sponges. They memorize stuff so easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to take advantage with my kids as much as I can, just um, memorize Scripture, memorize Scripture, because that will benefit them for the rest of their life. The Holy Spirit can use that to bring to mind uh, what God's point of view is, right? It will. Like I, The crazy
1: thing is, is I, I'll catch myself all the time from when I was younger, uh, verses that my parents implemented in me that— mm-hmm. I, I don't always necessarily even remember the reference. It just sure. it, the words always resonate with me. And then whenever I come to a situation in life, I'm like, wait a second. I remember this passage from yep. when I was young. And it's like, it, it really does stay with you.
0: It does. yeah. And, and, and it, it's a great thing to, to, to get the, the Word of God in us, right? We, we, I, don't, I don't need the book or the app to pull up to find the answer. No, you don't. I need it in me. I need to let it richly indwell me. Yeah, and that's what the Word cool. of God's supposed to do, to richly indwell us. So I think that's an important thing to do with our kids. And then the last tip uh, is just that you have to be living out the gospel. Your kids have got to see that you really believe the gospel enough to live it out. And that yeah. comes down to witnessing, right? To loving your neighbor, um, to apologizing to your children when you're wrong. I, yeah. I had to do this the other day. I yelled at my son. Uh, I was just I was tired and I was annoyed. And he wasn't really even doing anything bad. Mm-hmm. And I just yelled at him and it, it crushed him and he started crying. And I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, he's three years old, but I, I had to tell him, I was like, Cohen, I am sorry. I shouldn't, that's not how Jesus wants me to act. And I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Will you forgive me? Th- those types of things, our kids need to see that we don't think we have it all together or because I'm the parent, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true. We need to be quick to apologize to them when we wrong them. Um, but then uh, witnessing too, like, you need to be ready yeah. when Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, so you can invite them in, and your kids can see.
1: Yeah, I was oh going to say. Gosh. I remember you told me you've you've done that with your kids, right? Mm-hmm. With the uh, you've brought Mormons into your home, and you yep. you dialogue with them while they sat right in the same room, and they got to listen. Like yep. that's a really cool thing. It is, yeah. and,
0: and I think as Christians, like that's that's what we should be doing. It's teaching our kids we love people. Mm-hmm. It's teaching them that we we know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's teaching them that we think the gospel is important enough to contend for it, not to hide. <laughs> from people who are knocking on our door. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and then always, it's interesting, my daughter, she's six, she always asks questions after they leave. Dad, why won't they believe in the real Jesus? Dad, I don't understand. What, what <laughs> wow, are they thinking cool. about this? It is, it's, it's cool. So it even provides opportunities that she brings about just mm-hmm. to talk about truth. So I think that's a thing. And then the last uh, um, point I, I'd like to share, I, I just think these these three things are important to give to our kids. Mothers and fathers need to be giving these three things to your kids. Attention, affection, and affirmation. Mm. Those three things. Give your kid attention. Put your phone down. Right. Stop staring at it. Look at them in the eye. Let them tell you a story. Let them ask you a question. Right? Whatever it is, they're important, and you need to show them that they're important. You need to, you need to hug them. You need to kiss them. You need to you know, snuggle them. Uh, affection is a, is a really big thing that kids need and you got to affirm that they're doing a good job and that you're proud of them and so those 3 A's attention affection and affirmation are important i sometimes i'll ask my kids Am I giving you enough hugs? <laughs> and sometimes you're like, yes. And sometimes you're like, I'd like some more, you know. Am I telling you enough nice things about yourself? Am I telling you that I love you? Am I telling you that I'm proud of you? Um, do I listen to you? Sometimes my son, he's, Dad, 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 look at me. Hey, hey, when I'm you're distracted or whatever. Um, it's good. And, and I, want him, I want him to do that, you know. It's it's a good thing. It's so, really funny. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it, look at me. It's look at me. Yeah. Hey, and he he uh, he gets mad sometimes when people aren't paying attention to him. Which again, we all would, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a valuable person. And even if what he's saying isn't that important to me, because he's just telling me about a race car that he you know slid ac- across the floor, then it's important to him. And because mm-hmm. it's important to him, I should listen. Yeah. That's what yeah. that's what God does for me. He listens to me about the things I'm excited about. And honestly, he's got more important things going on. Oh, of course. (laughs) But he takes time to listen to me, to give me attention, affection, and affirmation. And so I think that's an important thing for us to do with our kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So parents, you got a big responsibility ahead of you. You Mm -hmm. need to parent well. Um, Yes. The next generation of Christianity, really, it's depending on us, teaching our kids well. So Tyler, I know you don't have kids yet.
1: Not yet. But you
0: will. (laughs) And you're going to be a dad, and you're going to have an opportunity to do these things. So. Well, thanks for listening today to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We hope that you learned a little bit about coffee, learned a lot more about Christ, (laughs) and learned something about culture. That's good application. Good application. All right. We will uh, hope to see you guys next time. Thank you. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona.
1: For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.